this is red light and this is miles what a beautiful day awesome it's all good out there isn't it it is it's just all good <laughs> it's all good everywhere i, I thought you were gonna there's, say it's all bad no miles. there's too much good too much good yeah there's there's actually i don't know of anything that's bad today today yeah, well, you, know, you might have what we call a good-bad split, my friend. You think so? If you think it's all good out there. I mean, haven't you seen the election results? There might be a few things that are not so good. And yet, maybe there are some things that are good. And, and, and I heard you say earlier that everything's bad. Well, maybe I was too focused on the bad. Maybe we both have a little good-bad splitting going on. Maybe us together. Better together? I, I think so. I think uh, you know this is going to be this is going to be all good because we're together. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. This is uh, Red Light and Miles, and we're back for uh, pursuing virtuous targets. And um, remember, we the last few podcasts we've been talking about kind of a growth model, and this growth model is taken out of some of the best. Um, science and research material about human development and we're giving it to you in in a four kind of an outline of four things so we started with bonding and the importance of connecting and bonding in human life second thing is boundaries having limits defining reality uh, defining even where you are and are not and what you allow onto your space or not onto your space or into your life boundaries is really important the third element of the growth model that we're talking about today is called integrating the good and the bad. And once again, uh, we're getting some of this material from some um, really famous authors, uh, John Townsend and Henry Cloud, who have written many, many books. And uh, you might check out their a book called Boundaries or a book called um, How People Grow, uh, Changes That Heal. These are very practical, user-friendly books. But um, we're going to try to distill it down into some elements for you giving uh, all due credit where it, where it belongs to others. And um, so so our little intro today, we're kind of bantering a little bit about good and bad and, and splitting. Yeah, uh, you know, in, in F3, we have this thing called shield locks. And some of you may be more familiar with that. Red Light and I aspire to the idea that you're better when you're in a close relationship uh, with other people. And F3 implements that through shield locks and and so we're passionate and we believe that shield locks is is an important growth opportunity for men and we see that as part of the value in f3 and and so our our whole passion and interest with this podcast is to help shield locks be successful with some curriculum and content through something called the growth model and so, Red Light, you did a great job summarizing the growth model. And in the bigger picture, we need men to be in right relationship with each other, to practice like a gymnasium so that in our other relationships, we're more effective and, and we have um, meaningful relationships. And so that, that growth process is, is what we're discussing. We're going to have other, other uh, topics uh, that we discuss, but it'll all be based on this growth model. Uh, and so we look at those four components and how we can set goals or what we call targets, hitting virtuous targets, not just any target, but making sure we're reevaluating what are we trying to get better at 
And how can we get better at hitting those virtuous targets on a regular basis together as men? Awesome. That's a great intro. I appreciate the reminders about that. Yeah. So let's jump into today. Uh, today about integrating the good and the bad or another maybe way to think about it is how do we relate to negative realities? Mm. And I was kind of jesting about the election, um, uh, which was yesterday. And again, a lot of good things. We want to celebrate some of our uh, some of our F3 colleagues won their election here in the area, Kevin mm-hmm. Kiley and, jo- and Joe Patterson. And we want to celebrate those things with those guys. Yeah, McFly and Red Tape. Yeah, yeah, go Team Red. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a little That's, biased. Yeah, on you're on that team. Yeah. But, um, but, but in all seriousness, there are times, whether in national politics or local kid athletics or in your marriage, in your friendships, something with your kids, where... People sometimes don't relate properly to the good or to the bad. And so that's what we really want to drill down on today. Yeah. It, you know, I think in reality, just to summarize before you get into some of these specifics, you know, we, a lot, I think a lot of men um, and humans, just we, we like to acknowledge the good in ourselves and maybe even in others. But we, sometimes we, we just we don't acknowledge or we try to avoid or even deny or discourage recognition of the bad. And, and I'll just say in summary real quick that if we don't recognize our capacity to do bad equally as our capacity to do good, we're missing a whole part or even opportunity to grow as an individual or with our men. Um, how can we learn from experiences? And so it's really important, I think, that everyone really pays attention to what we're going to outline as as a way and practical ways to address the good and the bad in our lives. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we have this awesome Q source book that uh, most most of you guys are actually working through. This I think this Saturday the topic is failure. So our mm. podcast today is um it is related to that, and and we can talk maybe more about how it's related um, at a later time. But most of us I don't think get much training in how to deal with failure. Mm. Uh, in fact, I think uh, some of the research that I've been looking at almost seems to indicate that many parents today are protecting their children from failure. Um, you know, kind of mm. like when we talk about in Goo Nation, like if everybody gets a trophy, everybody wins, nobody loses. You know, the, some of that kind of mentality can be a, a false way of preparing people to think that hey, maybe there is no failure. Maybe there is no reality or negative mm-hmm. reality. Um, but as many of you know, uh, that might be leaving some of our kids without certain kinds of experiences and to grow from that failure. So today we want to talk about that. <clears throat> so as an intro point here, um, Miles, what do you think about this this uh, missed target or the different ways of men missing targets or... Um, yeah, kind of a maybe maybe the pie chart on. Well, I can I, I'll I'll do a brief, and then you can bring in more details. Uh, but but that the pie chart. If we're if we're going to focus on the bad, or the sin, or the negativity, even within our lives, it can be in three different main quadrants. And as we consider, you know, when we don't hit a target, or what we call sin, or the bad in us, sometimes it's something that I did, right? It's a very personal and individual bad that I've done. Mm-hmm. And then other times, and maybe even equally, 
sometimes there are things that other people do against you. And, and that's a bad that you feel and experience. And we want to acknowledge that. Sometimes it's what you do. Some of it's something done to you. Mm-hmm. Maybe not even by a person, but maybe uh, in an organization, perhaps. And then, and then there's just the reality red light of that we live in a broken world. Hmm. And so the three components of, of bad, we're going to simplify all that stuff into bad. Um, it can be something you do, something that's done to you, or a reality that we live in a broken world. Yeah. And there's really three different responses, or what you've said very intelligently is that there's remedies. How do we address those when, when those are the circumstances? I think first we have to identify, is this, is this bad that I'm experiencing? Is it something I've done, someone else has done to me, or is it part of the world? How do we remedy that in, because it, it's very, it can be very internal and we can get stuck there without moving forward. So like, what's the remedy or process to move forward once we've identified one of those three categories? Yeah. So for the first one, when we miss the mark, because it's something that we did, uh, as you said, this might by some is referred to as sin. And uh, remember the term, the ancient Hebrew and Greek word, um, for sin was just literally indicated missing the mark. It was an archery term, as I think, Miles, you mentioned in a previous podcast. So when you realize that it's that you were the one who missed the mark, the remedy is for us to repent. And repentance just means uh, turning the other way. Or, you know, for our analogy, is like, well, how can you re-aim? How can yeah. you um, do a, a good self-assessment on why you missed, what it was about, what was missing, what you need to strengthen, uh, so that then you can step back up, if you will. And if just finishing baseball season, I want to use a baseball metaphor, right? Step back up to the plate and swing away yeah. again, but swing differently, um, having now turned in whatever ways are necessary so that you can hit the target with, again, with support from God, from others, even from a healthier relationship to yourself. So, so if you're the problem, then we repent and seek to grow. Secondly, what if it's something that others have done to you? Maybe it's a kid. Maybe it's a spouse. Maybe it's a boss. Maybe it's um, a political figure that you feel like has done something that has hurt you. Um, <clears throat> you can carry around somebody's hurting you or wounding you for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Or, the remedy, you can work to forgive and to heal. Now, again, yeah. if it was your spouse and you want to be intimate with them emotionally, sexually, et cetera, et cetera, G-rated podcast, don't worry. Um, but, okay, let me, let me try to get back to G. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I was just acknowledging that, you okay. know, if it, if it was your spouse, then the kind of healing and the kind of forgiveness is probably going to need to be different than somebody who's you're the C-suite boss who mm-hmm. you don't know that well. You're not sharing a bed or a family or finances with them. So, But you still probably need to work to forgive. Um, uh, do you remember that passage in, in the scriptures where Jesus says, Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. I haven't read that. Oh, yeah. I'm just kidding. Have you no, read? of course. Of course. I mean, on the cross, you yeah. know, uh, dealing with sinners, even right next to him on the cross, and invited him to spend eternity with him. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, so sometimes a layer of forgiveness will correspond with somebody's repentance, somebody saying sorry, yeah. somebody's, you know. But there are times where when sometimes other people do things and just given the circumstances, they may not even have acknowledged it, but it's still good for us to forgive. I just want to highlight that point because I completely agree that forgiveness has nothing to do with the person that's hurt you. It all has to do with you. And so while a request of forgiveness from an external person can help you move forward and heal in improving your relationship, forgiveness is, is, an, is a personal thing within yourself. And so I've heard it say many times, you can forgive someone without them asking to be forgiven. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's what we're talking about is when you when there is bad and you recognize it was someone else doing something to you, we need to take a step to forgive them for the remedy. Good. Yeah. And there'll be there'll be we can do a whole podcast just on forgiveness. Yeah. So we're going briefly now, but um, but um, that's not a statement to say, Miles. Keep well, your comments to yourself. I know, I know, you. I know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing what's been done to me. <laughs> no. All right. Uh, will the, you forgive me? You know, I'd like to talk to you about it a little okay. bit more oh, okay. before. You're not ready. You're <laughs> not quite ready. I mean, I forgive you, but if we're going <laughs> to share, you know, a fitness group together, we might need to take it another Okay, level, you know, gotcha. So. All right. So, <laughs> um, all right. So, um, but hey, because what if it's an issue that we live in a broken world, like whether there's food scarcity or there's mm. wars in the world that mm-hmm. no, neither of us, Miles and I, are not responsible for that war or the wars or... Um, Sometimes we, the remedy here is we have to adapt and evolve. Um, I can't change certain conditions right now with the economy. I mean, I, I make small contributions, right, to various things. Um, I'm an employee. But I can't change the national or international dynamics that may rise or fall. So, I, but I need to adapt to them and evolve. Maybe I need to save more. Maybe I need to... Mm. Uh, take a, a Dave Ramsey course or talk to some of our finance guys. There's several in our community that are really smart on finance. And I have a question. Oh, yeah. May I? Sure. Is cancer, like would you, uh, an illness, you know, is that part of a broken world even where let's say there was life-changing health issues in an individual or with a family member that really shows the brokenness? Um, would this be in this category here? I think so. Okay. I think so. Because there's lots of that. I mean, we just went through a pandemic. Yeah. Frustrated people caused some influences on our economy. I mean, there's all kinds of impacts. And does that mean we need to recognize that as bad and then adjust and adapt to that? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, Health issues, economic issues. I mean, death is a negative reality in the world, a feature Mm -hmm. of the broken world. And these... These ultimately get to some of the big questions of life. You know, why did that happen? Mm-hmm. And, and notice our tendency yeah. in our society right now is blame. Let's find somebody to blame. Let's find a scapegoat. Let's let's pour all of our anger and wrath out on some scapegoat. What often a leader, somebody listening, could be a political figure. We really just have a hard time with this. So we're always out looking for people to target uh, for our using a different sense of targeting here. But um, yeah, but. But when it's something in the world, the remedy is we have to adapt and evolve and grow. Mm-hmm. If I was um, 
if we went into like the Great Depression, like back in you know previous century in mm -hmm. American history, a lot of people there had to learn how to stretch out a meal. They mm -hmm. had to learn how to save better. They had to learn how to maybe both parents worked and uh, at different times of the day where they could pass off the kid. There are various things that we have to do to adapt. So again, I'm not trying to give short shrift on very complex issues, but mm -hmm. but in a shield lock could be a place where we start to talk about that. If a guy's mentioning a marriage problem, maybe he needs guys in his life to help him figure out what part of that is him, maybe what part of it might be a spouse, or what part of it is uh, other dynamics that mm -hmm. are impacting, the that are really a feature of the broken world. But the intimacy of confidentiality and men connecting honestly and, and, and lovingly together could really be a powerful place for a guy to do inventory on which piece of the brokenness pie here we're, we're dealing with. That's great. I, I think that pie chart of bad is a really healthy way to look at different components and how we remedy that. We also briefly discussed a pie chart for good. Yeah. And equally, you know, there's some goodness uh, and that can be something that we do. It could be something else that someone else does, you know, that's goodness, not maybe not even to yourself, but other, other good that other people do. And just to recognize there is goodness out there in the world. Uh, and, and so it's also a healthy perspective to recognize the bad, and it can be individual, something done to you or the world, but there's also this goodness that you can do, that others do, that we should acknowledge and celebrate. And we, you and I got to have a little fun conversation about people celebrating and recognizing the good that's being done uh, and just pausing and taking time to do that. Yeah, it's so important, so important. Um, it's something that high capacity leaders learn to do, mm. but it's sometimes hard. Like again, my example, I was so proud of you as a friend for your accomplishment with the Ironman. Mm. And I really felt like celebrating that with you and wanted to acknowledge that. And um, sometimes it's hard for us to hey, call somebody and say, hey, I, want, I just really need to celebrate some cool thing in our life. And I've got these in my life too. But, but it is with people that are safe and close to us the human heart longs for acknowledgement and recognition our whole life long. Mm. Not an undue amount, and not, not too much and not too little, but just like a normal good, good variety amount is good for the heart. Um, so anyway, I appreciated you sharing that with us. That was, that was an incredible feat. Yeah, thank um, you. And, uh, and I think another thing in the, the, the goodness pie chart could be is, maybe you said it already, but it's gratitude. Just being thankful. Mm -hmm. um, in our country, um, you know, I'm a big um, pro-America person, and I think it's, the, if not the greatest, uh, one of the greatest countries the world has ever known. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that we don't have problems and issues to address. And uh, we know that our friends that just got elected to office are trying to address some of these things. But, but there are millions of people that try to come into our country every year because there's so many good things here. We have problems, and we also have a lot of real incredible strengths. Um, and so gratitude, gratitude for the good, that's not a strategy for denial of mm -hmm. the bad. It's right. just being grateful for the good, the good people and good systems or good things that have been passed down to us is one other way to relate to the good. We celebrate some things. We are grateful for other things. Any thoughts about that or? Well, just how we started the podcast, right? You and I kind of took 
physicians where everything's good or everything's bad. And, and really a healthy growth model is when you're able to integrate both of them and acknowledge both of them within yourself, within others and the world. And that's, that's really a healthy model. If, if the world is over because something bad happens or, um, or it's only good when all good is happening, that's, that's, that's dangerous. Yeah. And I, I, I appreciate you presenting it that way. Uh, so that, that came to mind. Yeah. Cool. All right. So now let's take a look at some what we call kind of the reality gap. And so if you guys are imagining or if you're taking notes, imagine like an egg and the top of the egg is what we call like the ideal. You know, it's the or for our metaphor for our group here is our targets. What are we aiming at? What is the ideal? That's in the upper part. Let's say in the very bottom part, though, is what we call the real. Mm-hmm. And so what's in between the ideal and the real is what we call the gap. Maybe we'll call it the growth gap. And every one of us, both personally in marriages or with kids or at work, clearly in our nation, we have aspirations and ideals and goals. And we also have reality where we're currently at. So this is like a major thing is how do we address the gap? So let's start with four things that are probably not going to be so helpful. Do you want to tell us maybe one of those or the first one? I do. About um, how to relate to negative realities or yeah. how not to relate. To I think realities. we've alluded it to a lot and it's not going to be a surprise to anyone that some people um, just deny the bad. What they do is they, they, they look that and they say, no, there is no gap here. And they do that through denying that there is a gap or denying that there's even good. But wherever you are, there's no gap between you and the ideal. What you said is the ideal and real. Does it have to be an egg? You know, can it just be a difference? It, it can be. Okay, yeah, sure. So the difference between that, the ideal and the real is is the problem, one of the first problems that I think a lot of people are expecting is just denial that there's even a gap. And and that denial could lead, I mean, you and I, we get to talk a lot, a lot more detail, but we know that if you just deny that there's a gap in your children when they're young, that could lead to extreme problems later. And so... And we, we, we mentioned a lot of differences, but that's a simple one. And so denial of a gap can lead to m- more problems um, yeah. and significant issues. So that that's one of them. Yeah. Yeah. If you had an injury, right, and you yeah. pret- pretended or denied that you had an injury, you could actually make it worse, maybe yeah. even make it permanent um, by permanently damaging something. So, um, yeah, it's crazy talk, really, to, to, to engage in too much denial. Um, uh, all right. The second one is, um, this is what we call just like willpower, just trying harder. We talked briefly about this, one of our opening podcasts and uh, miles, I know you have some research about this too, but most, most people that set new year's resolutions as an example of this, just the willpower, they fail within, I think it's two to three weeks. Um, they stay long enough to get their new gym membership but um, it, the reason why the gym gyms explode is because people stop going and they just keep collecting funds, right? So there's mm-hmm. real good research about the willpower alone 
is kind of a sputtery engine. Uh, mm. it, it really runs out. And so that's a second thing that many people try to do. You either deny the gap or you just try harder. Or a third thing is attack or judge. A- attacking yourself or even someone else or trying to attack the world. You know, those three quadrants that we discussed or make, even making judgment about those um, is, is another way that we try to deal with it. And, and the problem is when it's not done with grace and acceptance, you know, you really don't accomplish anything in that attack. And so a lot of people try to address this gap by just attacking someone else or even yourself. And that does harm. It does hurt when you're not doing it with grace and acceptance uh, in the reality that there's bad or good. We say, well, that's, that's just, you know, they're terrible. You know, they're all bad. Yeah. And attacking them and making a judgment about that gap um, doesn't help accomplish healing and growth. Yeah. Great point. So self-judgment, I I sometimes refer to the internal judge. Mm -hmm. And depending on the issues in our life, right, if we have really condemning bosses or spouses or parents, or if we were around a real judgmental environment, maybe even a religious organization, sometimes that can fuel our internal judge. Uh, I like to think of like a, uh, not my metaphor up here, but um almost like a mule, like um, imagine the Grand Canyon and maybe if you had some pack mules that are pretty good going up and down those, um, those trails. But if you overwork a pack mule, you can probably beat them and judge them and they might perform a little bit more. But mm. at some point in time, there's a time where the mule just lays down and you can beat him. I don't recommend that, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you could beat him, you could hound him, and they are just done. Mm-hmm. And too much judgment, right? We are not made to live with that kind of judgment in the world. Um, and so that can be really, really a hardship. And, and in fact, it can lead to other issues, physical, mental health issues, gastrointestinal, uh, depression, anxiety, sorts of issues. So it's good to monitor. All right, the fourth one I think is a little more complicated. Is is despair? This is where some people they just they just give up, and they they say, "I'll never be able to do this. I will never do that." And but in a way that kind of leads to despair. And um, now the one thing about despair, different than those other three strategies, is the self kind of comes to the end of the self. Meaning, mm. you kind of can if you if you do it well, you kind of learn to transcend yourself. It opens you up to other resources. Uh, in our community, we talk about SkyQ or relating to God. Uh, we also talk about relating to others, um, and so despairing of your own inability just by yourself might actually be the beginning of growth. Let me give a personal example. Miles, when you invited me to my first workout to Ghost Links about mm-hmm. a year and a half ago, uh-huh. <laughs> you remember how grossly <laughs> out of shape I was. I had cooked way too much bacon during COVID, and uh, <laughs> I gained some weight. I think I had begun to despair that my athletic days uh, were behind me. Mm. And um, and then then you gave me the painful reminder at Ghost Links that morning. was like, <laughs> and I really thought they were behind me. <laughs> and um, But... So there, but I think there was a healthy despair that on my own, this is where I had gotten myself. 
And then I joined this group of guys that were encouraging, supportive, and would walk with me or you know encourage me mm-hmm. to run 10 steps and walk five or any combination of things as the six. And, it, and basically it, it opened me up to some new resources. So it wasn't denial anymore. It wasn't self-judgment. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just trying harder. It was like, now I'm in this with some others that are a source of fuel. Mm. And, uh, and it really has helped me. I'm still slow, but I'm faster than I was a year and a half ago. Man, so that's, that's really helpful to, to imagine it that way. Um, and, and so what I hear you saying is isolated despair is dangerous. But despair in community is safer. Or even healthier. Hmm. Can I use that word? Healthier? Hmm. Uh, in the growth model, we're saying you're going to go through despair. And choosing your environment, you know, a shield lock can help you with the growth model be effective when you get to or when you experience despair. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, it goes back to that, the growth model piece, like you said, even just the bonding, right? Mm-hmm. You can despair alone and just get worse. Or you can come to despair, come to the end of yourself with others. Mm. I say God and others, and new things can happen. New resources can. Gosh, can be I love there. that. So um, and and I'm not sure if I'm supposed to say thank you or ask for forgiveness about ghost links, but <laughs> um, but uh, I'm glad you came, buddy. Uh, thanks. Thank you for loving me enough to invite me. <laughs> You probably saw me huffing and puffing walking up the stairs one day. It's like, that guy needs F3. Um, and it was true. Um, but I'll, I'll leave it to other people to chastise you for that. <laughs> so, All right. But, um, but an important skill here, that high-capacity leaders, the hymns that we talk about in our midst, this is one that we often are horrible at, and that is the grieving. Mm-hmm. Grief is involves acknowledging the hard. Grief involves acknowledging where we fall short. Grief mm. involves looking at where we miss the mark. And grief often comes with uh, emotional reactions, feelings, things like that. When we deny grief or deny our feelings, it's kind of a form of denying reality. And, and we live in a culture of men that really promote self-sufficiency, mm-hmm. doing it on your own. Again, I love those Western films with Clint Eastwood. Yeah. But they often, the guy rides off by himself on a horse, as I've mentioned before. That's, that's an image of just an individual. The Lone Ranger. Versus a guy who leaves with his posse, a guy who leaves with some buddies. Can, you know, we, we were talking beforehand, and just to bring a practical example, um, you know, a lot of times we make the right decision, right? We, we, we make the right decision. We have a buddy who's been training for a marathon coming up and made the right decision to pay attention to, to his family. And you mentioned to him, hey, you made the right decision. But you lost, you, you know, you've been training for this. It's okay to grieve the loss of whatever the performance would have been or just performance in the marathon. And, and that acknowledgement of grief is part of our cycle. I, I appreciate how you enlightened in me, Red Light, this importance of recognizing grief as a continual cycle in our life 
rather than trying to get through it or, or deny it or avoid grief, how can we embrace grief as part of the cycle and welcome it as a tool to grow? And, and um, I, I hope that example helps bring to light people, people listening to the podcast of how grief is a reality and, and we need to make it part of our cycle and accepting in our growth model. Yeah. Yeah. Great point. You mentioned the example of a kid, let's say trick or treating. Yeah. And, um, do you want to, want to talk about that real quick? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I literally, you know, walked by a child who's holding a very large bag of Skittles screaming and crying at the top of their lungs that they were disappointed because they didn't get more candy and they were frustrated and, and, and upset at the situation. And I was witnessing this and realizing, you know, that one, the child has good, you know, but the world was at an end because they, it, it was all bad because they didn't get more or didn't have this other piece that was over here. And the parent had the leadership role in trying to navigate that experience with the child who is probably not developmentally yet able, (laughs) not developmentally able to recognize the good and bad in the situation. And so how do we as leaders, the whole lesson for me was how do we as leaders, as parents, help others recognize the good and bad in a moment where we think the world is over because we all have buddies where the world is over right now for them. Uh, you know, there, there's moments where it's the end of the world and everything is bad. Yeah. How do we, and this is, you know, it depends on your relationship with them. I know we, we're not going to get into all the skills with that, but that was the lesson for me in witnessing this situation for someone where the world was over and they had some good, there is bad. And how do we move on as leaders to help people through that experience? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you get into a big complex area, but yeah. as, it rela- <laughs> as it relates to parenting, it's so critical, right? Kids need hundreds or thousands of examples of their parents identifying their feelings, mm-hmm. acknowledging them, even validating. Oh, I could see why you're frustrated about you know not mm-hmm. getting your favorite candy, um, let's say. So you, if you denied your kid the feelings, that's going to have a predictable impact. But you could also do the opposite of kind of a goo nation sort of move and just, you know, have a tenter tantrum with them. And that's wrong and find somebody to blame. Mm-hmm. Be knocking on those Halloween doors until midnight, you know, like, damn it, why didn't you give yeah. my kid the Snickers that they wanted? Attack and judge. Yeah. Attack and judge. Yeah. And yeah. so that's going to be... But so, you know, a better remedy, right, is you acknowledge the feelings, you talk about it, and you also have to re-engage reality. Uh, yeah. You know, some, you know, oh, buddy, I'm so sorry you didn't get that candy that you were looking for. And it's midnight. We, we do need to go home, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, there's limits. Mm-hmm. There's, there's reality. And there'll be another day. Maybe we can go get... Uh, your Reese's peanut butter cup uh, tomorrow, you know, mm-hmm. or something like that. But, but anyway, but just I think you understand. It's it's if you deny the bad, that's going to go one direction. If you only stay in the good, uh, you know, that's going to go in another direction. Mm-hmm. But um, so anyway, so grief is the remedy for all sorts of things. The Irish have a phrase: a grief hoarded is doubled, but a grief shared mm. is halved. 
I don't want your grief, man. You don't want my I'm grief. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> all right. So, um, so we can talk more about grief, too. But all right, how about some skills for the, for the high-impact men out there that are listening and taking this to heart? What do you think we ought to do about all this? Well, first of all, I think it's acceptance. Accepting the loss. You know, sometimes, you know, the, the bad or the situation, it, it results in loss. And, and, you know, recognizing grief as part of the process and ending your protest on the situation and acknowledging if it's something within myself, within others, or in the world, just ending that protest, accepting that loss, he will allow you to move forward, I think is the first skill. Mm. Like when, when bad is presented to you, either within yourself or someone else or the world, are you able to accept that and move forward and face it? Or, yeah. or do you deny it and start to protest that bad? Whatever your first reaction is, it will tell you your true reaction you know, to that. If, if it's first to go, that's not me. That's not, that's not happening. Yeah. You know, then, then we need to work on ending the protest. Yeah. To that. Yeah. As you, as you may recall, there are figures... There are figures around, sometimes adults have those five-year-old tantrums mm-hmm. or two-year-old tantrums, but as adults, and that's where it's particularly problematic, right? In an ideal world, we would grow out of that by 18 or 16 or 12 or something like that. But, but, um, but yeah, so we gotta, got to face reality, um, and not just when our team wins. Um, all right, the second skill is, is it's okay to be sad. Like, it's okay mm-hmm. to have feelings about it. Something happens with your wife. Something happens with your uh, a goal that you didn't get. Allow the feelings to be there. Um, sadness means that you cared about it. And, and if you want to stop caring, and if you want your heart to turn to stone, then yeah, shut your feelings down. But see what that gets you in relationships. See what that gets you with your spouse or with your kids or with colleagues. It's not going to be good. So allow the feelings, allow sadness, um, and even allow anger to be there. Um, sometimes, though, below the anger. When you, sometimes when we're mad, we're often sad. And uh, it's good to look at those two things. Yeah, another skill would be just accepting the fuel. Uh, you know, th- this fuel that comes along with, uh, with uh, understanding the good in the world. And, and not just, you know, denying the bad or denying the good, but accepting that good or looking at and realizing that both good and bad exist. And there's fuel that comes along with that in relationship. And so um, think about, you know, letting safe people into your life, feeling those feelings and the fuel that's put into you. I, F3, you know, there's fuel that comes out of our relationship and working out with one another. And, and those feelings are good. We don't need to hide them um, and share them. And so wherever the fuel is that you're getting uh, to help the good and bad and recognize it, and we say embrace the suck. Like I hear a lot of people saying that. Uh, when we figure out how to do that and the good that goes along with feeling that, we need to, we need to embrace that. Yeah. And again, I think a shield lock is a great place to do that, right? Yeah. If you're in like just a kind of party animal shield lock where you're not really talking about mm-hmm. matters of the heart, then you probably won't get into this. Mm-hmm. But if you're in a shield lock where you have fun and maybe maybe party together, but you also get into matters of the heart, those might be at you know, different occasions. But um, man, 
that can be a place to receive comfort, to receive care, compassion, truth, candor, any of a number of our leadership virtues that we talk about. Uh, that is fuel. It's like what we call people fuel. Mm-hmm. John Townsend wrote a book about this, so quick plug. It's, that's the title, People Fuel. And, um, but uh, that's really a huge thing. Also, I would just say uh, number four in terms of skills is just know that it's a process. It's not an event. Mm. Right. There are some losses like last weekend. I missed the CSOP and Rubicon event. I'm so bummed. Um, but I was at a funeral in Los Angeles with a father figure mentor of mine, probably one of the most significant people that I've ever known. And, and in this case, more importantly, who knew me present company excluded from that. I mean, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how to take that. Well, but you and I are, we're still a, getting to know each other. We're on a good path. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're on a good path and I'm grateful for you. Um, but, um, but sometimes grief and you can imagine different kinds of grief. Just take time. Mm. Don't, don't try to force yourself that, Oh, I only have five minutes. So, or I talked about it once and think you're done. Mm-hmm. Some grief, depending on the level of relationship or the degree of loss, it sometimes it takes time to work it through. So it's okay to it's okay to reach out to your buddies and say, "Man, I just got to talk about this a little bit more. It's bothering me. Um, I'm having I have unfinished business about X, Y, and Z, and I just need to talk about it. So let it be in a, let it be a process, not an event." Yeah, and after you go through your grief, maybe uh, the last skill that we're going to mention is is pretty simple, but it's really to adapt and move on. Like like we talked about with the remedies, you know, once you identify something that you know a sin or bad that you've done, you know, you you want to recognize that someone else has done in the world. After you go through that cycle of grief and realizing the reality. You, we all need to adapt and move on. That, that's, that's our approach to the world. And that's how we get better in our growth model is not through protest, not through denial. And, and realizing that bad is an, is, is an important part of our experience, we need to realize that we should grieve it, we should feel it, we should share that with others, and we should adapt and move on. Yeah. Good. I had to grieve that I wasn't getting in better shape just eating COVID bacon. I had to grieve it. I had to yeah. let it go. And then you came along and invited me and I adapted and I moved on. And I'm still in that process. I'm not done, but I'm, I'm shedding some bacon weight right now. And there's still grief, right? And, the, and that's, I think that's what we're trying to point out is there's still grief in the cycle of, of us in, in our process and in, in, in our in our growth model. Yeah. So you, you'd mentioned, and I'll just remind everybody, so love, needing to be loved and cared for, needing to be accepted for where you're at, and also those other challenges, right? Sometimes we have to repent if it's us. Sometimes we have to heal and forgive if it's somebody who's done something against us. And also we have to adapt and grow. But, um, well, Miles, good stuff. It was good. I, I feel a little more integrated now that you and I have connected about this. You, you, you do? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, this, this is an important part. I mean, as we talk about connection and bonding, boundaries, the integrating of good and the bad, and then we're going to talk about responsibility. And, you know, that I'm really excited about that for our next topic, uh, which we're going to 
do a similar process, but in your shield locks, each one of you need to think about this topic, which is good and bad, and, and set some goals. Perhaps some of you need to reevaluate your goals and establish some, some integrity with your shield locks and say, I am going to commit within myself or recognizing within others or the world, the good and the bad. All right.